Welcome to Empowering Connections, a podcast by Connie Akins, a licensed professional counselor with a private practice to help you heal your personal and professional relationships through counseling advice, tips, and ideas. Empowering Connections will focus on healthy ways to improve these relationships, help you manage your stress, and attain a better sense of self-fulfillment. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today I have a special guest with me. I have Dr. Tanya Martin, and I would like to welcome her to the Empowering Connections podcast. Dr. Martin is a clinical psychologist, certified Imago relationship therapist, and she is also the author of a book called Doing Life Afraid. Dr. Martin, would you like to tell the audience anything else about yourself, perhaps how they can follow you on social media? I can be easily followed on social media via Facebook as well as Instagram. And I'm also honored to serve as the chair of the board on, or I should say, at the Michigan School of Psychology, which is actually my alma mater. So um, that, that's a big honor for, for me as well. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Martin, once again, for joining me today. Sure. Today, we will be discussing Imago therapy for couples and how it works to create healthy relationships. And I'm really curious because I've wanted to take a certification class in Imago therapy. And so Dr. Martin is going to enlighten both the audience and myself at the same time. So the first question, Dr. Martin, is what is Imago therapy? Yeah, Imago therapy, the basic definition of Imago therapy is, and I'll simplify it, it's how and why we happen to be attracted to our intimate uh, partners. And what Imago says is, is that that attraction is based on the relationships that we had with our primary caregivers growing up. What we do, we model, we take in, and oftentimes we go up and we grow up, I should say, and repeat what we saw in the relationships of our primary caregivers. And that could be parents, uh, Uh, a distant relative, it it could actually be a neighbor, that person that imprinted something in us, whether it's good or bad, and we carry that into our adult relationships. Awesome, awesome. Mm -hmm. So that to me means that as a child growing up, we witness certain things from our caregivers or our Mm -hmm. parents, and then we literally choose a partner who yeah. may be similar to our caregiver? Would you say yeah. that? You, you, you nailed it. And the, the other interesting part to it is, is that um, we, we will actually pull in and are attracted to those partners that mirror a caregiver that may have been mean to us. And then the question would come up, well, why would you want to repeat that? We are not that complex as human beings. We are often drawn to what's familiar. And oh you know, sometimes, you know, kind of it, it, people will say, I feel like I've known you all my life. In some ways you have because you were raised by, you know, you were in the environment with such a person and there lies the attraction. Wow. That's really complex. <laughs> I guess it makes me wonder though, when you choose a person that's been mean to you, mm-hmm. what, what are you trying to accomplish Is it the familiarity that that feels so good or are you trying to change something? Yeah. 
And as an imago therapist, what we believe the person is trying to do is to resolve, to heal, to fix those childhood wounds. And so I was not able to do it in my childhood. So this person that I'm now attracted to, I'm going to repeat that out, what I was exposed to. And in this adult relationship, I'm going to heal. Now, trust me, they're not going into that relationship with that intellectualized belief system. You know, I, you know, my, my father ignored me, so I'm going to get a man that ignored me. And so it's that attraction. And so I'm going to have this relationship with this man that probably is going to ignore me because I'm desperate for you to see me. I need to be seen. And so if you see me in this relationship, I've arrived. I am a good person. And you can show me that based on the fact that my dad could not. Does that example kind of fit for you? That, that really does. That's very okay. interesting too. Okay. So the other question I have about Imago therapy is how is it different from other therapeutic processes like family systems, for example, therapy? Yeah. You know, I was drawn to Imago therapy because in my work with couples, it was a struggle. It was really hard. And so years ago, almost 20 years ago, my second year in, in my doctoral program, there was a training offered in Imago therapy and you know it's about couples work and I you know what I'm gonna go through this training just to see and what what makes it different is is that it has this ability to work with two people while individualizing the process and so in that couples work you get to show the the, the clients the therapist does their individual stuff as well as the couplehood that is before the, the expert and then reflect it back to them. So the focus is individualized as well as a combination of couplehood. Whereas to answer your question further is the, the family systems approach, the, the primary link or look at or source is the family and how the family affects the individual. And this is kind of the other way around. You know, I, I like to say my goal, and this work has shown me that I can take the person apart and slowly put them back together again while giving them the tools to do so. Awesome. So I, I really like what I'm hearing about Imago therapy. How does it help strengthen marriages and relationships? The, the thing that we open up with in Imago therapy, it's a, it's a three-step plan, and I call it the foundational plan. And it's three simple steps intellectually. The challenge is working it out to have it effective in the relationship. And it's called a, a couple's dialogue. And those three steps are mirroring, validation, and empathy. What Imago does to kind of slow down the process or should I say improve relationships, it teaches the couple how to better communicate with one another as well as to see themselves as the center in let's say a disagreement. Mm -hmm. I know you got that look so I'm going to tell you this. Okay. <laughs> the first step <laughs> mirroring we would do if the person has a concern and the person goes to the to the wife and says, you know, I just have such a problem with you always being late. 
when I have to, we have to go somewhere. What Imago would say is have the person repeat back. So what you're saying is, is that you have a problem with my tardiness. Old communication says, well, you're always late too. There, and then there's an argument. And so it's simply saying, allowing the person that brings the concern to the table, allowing them to be heard. But we're wired, Connie, where we are on attack and defense mode. We're going to defend ourselves. That's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it slows true. down the communication process where the person that brings the concern to the table has the space and time to be heard when it's done properly. Okay, and that's very uh, helpful because I think that's a big part of couples' difficulties is communication. Yeah. And so just like you say, it's slowing it down and giving the person an opportunity to be heard. Yes. And so I guess that will go into the next question of how does it help people to communicate? It sounds like you said mirroring. Uh, what about the validation and the empathy part? And with the mirroring, when the person that brings a concern to the table, it's allowing the person to empty out that entire concern. And so the example that I used earlier, the concern was tardiness. And so the person that's bringing it, they peel back all the layers that's concerning, you know, the, the tardiness. And as each piece is put on the table, the listener asks the person that's bringing the information, is there more? Is there more? And so that sends a message to the brain that, oh, you really want to hear me out. You're concerned about what it is that I'm sharing. And so then we go deeper. And when the person is done with the mirroring process, mm -hmm. then the person will validate their feelings. Okay. I pause with that because people believe that in the validation process, they have to agree with the person. And that's, again, where we get in trouble. Okay. You don't have to agree with it. It's like that, that phrase, we can agree to disagree. Okay. And so the validation piece is just affirming what they're feeling. Okay. So give me an example of how I can affirm. Yeah. But maybe I don't agree. Exactly. Yeah. So what I always think about, and I, and I had that same question years ago, and I thought, this is crap. And so what, what came up for me to help me to wrap my brain around it is something like this. So can I say I step on your foot and you say, oh, man, ouch, that really hurt. And you really, oh, you bent all over. And I say to you, oh, that didn't hurt, but it's your foot. And so I don't have to agree with your pain. I can make it. It's like, oh, man, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to, to step on your foot. And I can think in my head she's really going too far with this. I didn't step on it that hard. However, it's your experience and I need to validate it. I don't have to agree with it. I can say something like this. Wow, I can imagine you're experiencing a great deal of pain. So it's like I can put my imagination into play. I don't have to have the experience. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. I like that. I like that. I'm going to have to learn more about this, uh, yeah. <laughs> this it's theory interesting. so that I can practice it also. Yeah. Okay. So what is a strategy that couples can use to resolve conflict using Imago therapy? And again, I, I go back to it's slowing down the process. 
it's allowing the person that may bring a concern to the table, the time and the space to be heard and, and really listen because, you know, we both know that there is a distinct difference between hearing and listening. And so we desire to not only be heard, but be listened to. So when we, we are being listened to, the, the, the information is being processed, it's being analyzed, and it's being given so the person can give it back to you in such a way that confirms, I get you, I understand, and we can have a balanced uh, dialogue and conversation. And so what are some conversational dialogues that couples can use to build a happier relationship? So thinking about this theory, um, say, for example, this one might be hard, probably not for you, though. Mm -hmm. If a couple, um, if someone cheated in a relationship, but they still mm -hmm. want to maintain their relationship, what could they do in this Imago therapy uh, concept to help them build a stronger foundation? Yeah, I like the, I like the word, the word use of foundation. And we always start with the, the couple's dialogue. And so it starts with the mirroring process and infidelity. And so the person that's been cheated upon is going to bring the concern to the table and express their, their hurt, their disdain, their shock. And so the listener, the person that cheat, cheated has to be the receiver of that information. And it's just receiving it, not defending it, not deflecting back. So for example, the person is saying, you know, I was crushed, I was devastated, you betrayed me, you did all this. The person has to repeat back and say, so what I hear you saying is you felt, you know, betrayed and devastated rather than trying to fix it. You shouldn't feel trust and devastated because remember five years ago, you cheated on me. That's not the time because it's not your turn. If you are still dealing with issues of the infidelity that occurred five years ago, you have to use your own space and time to bring that concern to the table. During this particular dialogue, it's not your turn. Oh, okay, okay. So this is really, really based on listening, mm -hmm. empathy, mm -hmm. the validation, and the mirroring. And Absolutely. I assume that when people come to therapy, they don't always have these skills. And so it's something that we can help them learn how to better communicate yeah. and thereby improve their relationship. Absolutely. And, and you know, it, it takes an adjustment too for people to get into that space because, you know, as a therapist, as a counselor, you slow them down. And so they come in and they want a quick fix. No, we, we just want to know, what do we do about this? Well, you, you got to slow it down. You, you, you got to give one another the turn and the time to be heard and listened to. And so it's reassuring them with the slowness of the process and taking turns at being the center of attention. I call it medicinal of sorts. It's an emotional healing, you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So would you like to add anything else, Dr. Martin, about um, this process or how people can follow you, um, where they can... Um, perhaps get more information about Imago therapy or any suggested readings? Yeah. Um, Imago therapy, I, I would say, and, and probably, you know, I'm biased kind of because when I was first introduced to Imago therapy, 
I was a skeptic. And I left that training that day wanting more. And so I, I did the work necessary. I pursued the presenters and did the necessary training. And it didn't stop there. I was, it was at a time too, when I was in the process of having to select a topic for my dissertation. And so okay. I decided I'm gonna do my dissertation on this because I really wanna see is if this is as effective as the creator is, is saying. And so, of course, as with many things, you can Google Imago therapy and boom, you get a wealth of information. What, what I did, Connie, I, I did my dissertation on the African-Americans experience after they've completed Imago therapy. Wow. So what did you find out? I'm just kind of curious. And, and what I found out is that the, the findings were very positive. The negative thing was, is that people were disappointed that they'd never heard of it. Many people today still have never heard of Imago therapy. And it first came out in 1986. That's um, and so, as you and I probably both know, that the divorce rate amongst African-Americans is about 51, 52%. That's pretty high. And so that's why I chose to focus on African-Americans. And uh, like I said, the findings were good. The disappointment was, is that more people didn't know about it. And as far as literature on, on this topic, um, I, I, I did my dissertation on it. And then I went on to have my dissertation published. And so that you, you, the, the title of the dissertation is, what is the African-Americans experience following Imago education? And so it's, it's easy to find. Um, and again, anything that you want to know about Imago therapy is online. The creator of Imago therapy is Harville Hendricks. Um, it's, it's just really fascinating to me. Um, yeah, I, I, he has uh, that book too, right? Um, I'm sorry? He has a book too called... He has several. He has several books. And, you know, I took it a step further. Kind of, I, I was so intrigued with this. And I'm always kind of pushing, let me see, let me see what I can get. Um, the presenters of this uh, workshop that I attended years ago, they had a relationship with the creator of Imago Therapy. And once I found out everything that was required to do a dissertation, I began to think, I wonder if I could get the creator to serve on my dissertation committee. And I reached out to the presenters and they said, just write a letter and we will email it to him to see what he says. And I did that. And with, within 36 hours, he agreed to, to, to be on the committee, not even knowing that he was going to get paid to be on the committee. So that struck me as very kind and humble, humbling of him to, to do that. You know. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So once again, where can people find you? And I really appreciate you for coming on the show and sharing your personal knowledge and experience. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, it's my pleasure. I appreciate uh, the inv invitation. I, I love to talk about relationships and how to make them better in therapy. I just, it's such a necessary tool and I'm easily found on, uh, you know, Instagram, Dr. Tanya Martin. I'm on Facebook and my, my website is Dr. T. Martin, that's D-R-T-M-A-R-T-I-N. So he's easily found. And, and again, thank you. Thank you for this uh, uh, invitation. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Listening audience, uh, you can find Dr. Martin, like she said, on Instagram. And once again, we're so excited to have had her today. And we hope she comes back again to share more of her knowledge and expertise on couples and relationships. Thank you.
The Empowering Connections podcast is not intended to replace the need for a professional counseling relationship. This podcast does not constitute professional advice or counseling services. As always, if you need mental health services, please seek a qualified mental health provider. You can find Connie Aikens on the websites Psychology Today and Therapy for Black Girls. If you have an iTunes or Spotify account, please subscribe, share, and continue to listen. Feel free to check out Connie Aiken's website at www.empoweringserenity.net. And follow Connie on Instagram at Connie Aikens LPC. You may not edit, modify, or redistribute this podcast. We appreciate you listening to the Empowering Connections podcast and providing feedback. Stay positive.